I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Take 15. What's the word? What the, word, sir? The word. What's the word? Action. 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 Don't break my What the world needs now is a lasting peace. And they've got it. May West. How do you like it in London, Marlowe? Oh, I like it anywhere. <laughs> in the uninhibited, unabashed, unforgettable, overexposed sex death. Hello and welcome to Smirsh Pod, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films by those who enjoy, hate, or you know just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. I said that funny then. Uh, it's side special time again, and this week we catch up with an old episode of Don't Tell the Bride. She's 108. Yes, it's the baffling and frightening sextet. Joining me to discuss and wonder where this will all end. Back by popular demand, Woo-hoo. and that is true, <laughs> Thanks, is the Sam. superb Guardian TV journalist Julia Rayside, who can be found on Twitter as JN Rayside. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. It's nice to be back. Did you enjoy your tea cake? I did. Thank you for the tea cake. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. Yeah, always the provider. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. So sweeten people up. So, sex Also, set. I knew this would be quite traumatic for you, so I just wanted to tell you that it's all right and people are here and we're listening. Because you mentioned this after we'd finished The Living Daylights, and I'd seen it, it must have been on Channel 4 sometime about 20 odd years yeah. ago. And I remember seeing Timothy Dalton in it and thinking, what, what are you playing at? Mm. I didn't really persevere with it. Probably wise. But you mentioned how it had. You ever wanted to get to Boner again? <laughs> <laughs> well, I maybe should have persevered with it, seeing how my life's turned out. You mentioned this, so I went back yeah. and watched it, and here we are talking I'm about I'm really sex sorry. Sex. It's fine. It's fine. Um, it was a bit strange. A bit, a bit strange is pushing it slightly, isn't it? It's, it feels um, like a porn film. Yeah. Uh, if you dubbed this into German... Not in a good way. <laughs> if you dubbed this into German and showed it to a teenager in the mid-90s, yeah. they'd be like, here we go. Yeah. And not, obviously, it yeah. was an old lady. It's a porn film with no touching, thank God. And no acting. <laughs> So That's not ways. true. Timothy Dalton is acting the shit out of this film. Timothy Dalton is the only one who turned up <laughs> on his work. own. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Dom DeLuise. To be oh, fair. yeah. And actually, no, he's enjoying himself too. Yeah, yeah. But let's get into it. Okay. So this is the story of Marlo Manners, yep. who's the world's greatest movie star. She's so beautiful. Everyone loves her. Everyone like when she's... she gets married, it's like the Beatles getting married. Everyone yeah. comes to the church. A cross between the Beatles and royalty. So her car is making its royal progress towards this hotel in London. Obviously, because it's an American movie, it's going past every tourist attraction, every postcard 
yard shot of London. Must have been an Uber. Must, must have been a very expensive Daimler Uber. Yeah. It's got the Royal Standard and a Union Jack flying at the front. It's got the Queen's Cavaliers trotting ahead of her in all their finery. Mm-hmm. It's completely nuts. Even more so when you realise that obviously this is Mae West. I think it's her last film. I mean, it has to be. She's like 87 she or something. She died two years later. Yeah. It's an adaptation of a play she wrote and decided to cast herself in. From 1961 <laughs> uh, she wrote it. But, you know, and even then she was what? She was pushing it then. 70-odd. She, she arrives in royal style mm-hmm. with a shitload of Vaseline on the lens. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> As you would. And constantly bounces. It's like she's plugged in. <laughs> I just put in my notes, I've scribbled somewhere, she is in perpetual motion, not her face. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, face. So it's like, you know what, the opposite of one of those dolls you sit on a dashboard where the head wobbles mm-hmm. and with Mae West, bless her, in her dotage, it's just everything else wobbling but the head kind of weirdly and the face doesn't move. There's a bit, have you seen the new It film? Um, I haven't, it's not my cup of tea. Okay, well there's a bit where a clown dances at the end but uh, they've used a computer to keep his head perfectly still oh, staring. Oh, that's horrible. But that's Mae West in this film. You basically have that twice this week then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, she's uh, aesthetically so odd, you don't know how to, your, your brain doesn't understand how to receive what you're looking at mm. because you know she's, I mean she's astonishing, this kind of three ring circus going on around her. She is in her mid to late 80s. Yeah. She obviously is filmed only ever from sort of quite far away, two shot, never a close up. It's all the film star cliches from, you know, the old, old Hollywood. There's definitely something smeared on the lens, or just on her side, when the first shot you see of her is getting out of this car next to Timmy, who plays her new husband. Sir Michael Barrington. Yeah. She becomes Lady Barrington. She becomes Lady Barrington. He keeps correcting people who call her Marlowe. He's yeah. like, that's Lady Barrington. That's Lady Barrington. Thank you. I'm sure yeah. <laughs> all the way through watching this, I was like, John's going to do that line. John's going to do that line. I've got a few. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. thought so. So she arrives outside this hotel to the screaming excitement of the world's press. Yeah. And yes, yeah, it's, it's 1978. So it's like London in the 70s. It's proper. Those old postcards you saw when you were kids. It's kind of that. It's actually really nice and nostalgic before it all gets weird as shit and then frightening. Yeah, well, meanwhile, all the leaders of the world are also meeting <laughs> to decide something them. or other. I don't know what. But they can't agree, damn it. They can't. No. I don't know what on, though. It's never actually... I mean, unless it was and I missed it. I don't think they were ever that explicit about it. I think this is like trying to explain something that they haven't actually thought out that much. There was some sort of deal they had to strike, but the Russian guy just wasn't having any of it. You say Russian. <laughs> He's played by Tony Curtis. Yeah, yeah, who's who's, who's authentically, Who, I'm sure, back in his timeline somewhere, Russian, so it's fine. He dar occasionally. Yeah. About, well, he does do some Russian later, which I've written down verbatim, but we'll yeah, get there. Yeah, oh, amazing, okay. Yeah, but it's a bit, it feels like now, because there is a piss tape in this, effectively. There is. The uh, smoking gun. It's an awful, it's an awful MacGuffin, and used really badly. We'll just come out and say this now. I really enjoy watching this film. It is one of the worst structured, most lazily slopped together old pieces of tot yeah. <laughs> I've ever seen. But it's, you know, a lot of fun. It's one of those films that you totally forgive if it was made in 1933. <laughs> You'd be like, well, they were just making it up as they went along back in then. In her head, it is 1933. Well, that's that's probably why it sort of barrels along the way it does. So, yeah, well, meanwhile, all this world leaders are meeting and then we go on a tour of the hotel by a very excited journalist who shows us the golden swan bed <laughs> uh, we'll, where Milo will likely turn to dust during sex. <laughs> and uh, he says, and I quote, if only this bed could talk. <laughs> It would scream. It would say, there's a skeleton on me. Yeah, yeah. It, we're we're going to have to just deal with the um, <laughs> the dusty skeleton in the room. That This is obviously one woman. Okay, she's in complete, complete denial of her mobility, her aesthetics, just everything. She is, in her head, being this ingenue. 
and she's in her 80s. Yeah. But it's that you definitely, the more sort of into it you get, the more you realise it's just one woman. It's kind of like her response to the utter madness of being a woman in Hollywood. Yeah. It's just, it's completely batshit insane that we're all watching Harrison Ford, that brilliant interview this week with them, GQ. talking about just coming back at 75 and being Han Solo and doing Blade Runner and stuff again. Nobody's going, well, Jesus, granddad, you know, hang up your whip and all that stuff because... I am. Yeah, are you really? That. Okay, yeah. well, so one well, he's doing another is, Indiana Jones film next, yeah. in the next couple of years. Nearly, yeah. Nearly eight. Which is mental, but yeah. um, but you know, still aesthetically, he can get away with it in a way that obviously a woman deliberately setting herself up as the sexiest woman in the world, which yeah. she definitely does in this film. Yeah. It is a kind of mental illness. It is a kind of madness. But I, you can understand how she might have got there if that's how she was defined. If it was George Burns, life. though, would this film have been any better? <gasps> I don't know. I mean, he might have looked better in some of the costumes. I don't know. Yeah. Possibly. Not Possibly. sure. Um, but then we hear that Marlowe loves short marriages and very long honeymoons. Mm. Yeah, which is again quite she's, a frightening prospect. She's sexualized absolutely continuously and obviously this is her writing I guess or yeah. you know well, um, adapted anyway. it's adapted but I'm guessing that means somebody just gave it a polish you know to try and make it make any sense at all when you hear these little zinging lines like that that sounds like it comes from her doesn't it it kind of does and, and everything she says as Marlowe Manners obviously her lines are kept short there were rumours you know depending on who you talked to like maybe there was a wire in her wig that went yeah. into an earpiece that was feeding her lines you know because God knows she'd have struggled to remember them by then she had really bad hearing apparently oh really yeah like she couldn't hear you at all but she's kind of in her own little universe isn't she so the film is sort of happening around her this is not the diving bell and the butterfly almost exactly yeah. that's exactly what I thought too yeah, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. but uh, she, her eyes are half to wank too by the way <laughs> just so you know <laughs> did you try to this did you no of course not thank god for that <laughs> not, not again I, I, no please just um, the experience of being her in this film must have been quite odd because her eyes are quite you know they're half closed mm-hmm. she's wearing obviously lots of heavy eyelashes and makeup and stuff she doesn't really look like her eyes are open for lots of the film mm. she probably can't hear that much especially through the you know large wig she also has sitting on her head so she just and obviously she moves very little sensorily she must have been deprived of most of what was going on around her and just kind of yeah just just trying to just trying to hit you know that every little bit of dialogue is um her saying something cute about you know like a sexual double entendre the whole time um in in a way that if you're in the pub with him you just go you're exhausting me just Mm. stop just say Mm. something normal it's just you know she she talks in her to keep the mythos the may west mythos she's just one liner one liner one liner but obviously it's kind of like watching you know poor old bruce forsyth towards the end of strictly where he's trying to still do the snappy pizzazzy thing and it's like oh that's really sad it it, it doesn't work anymore does it you haven't got the timing well this is like one of those uh, in, in the 80s they found those ice mummies it's like if one of them suddenly sat up and said I want to make a film and they were like yeah, yeah alright but it's a bit you have to admire I mean I, I really do admire yeah. the kind of what she managed to get going so she's she's in her 80s we've all just fucking given up by then haven't we if you're still here at 85 you're just going to put your feet up and she's turning up to set every day she gets the most astonishing cast together I mean it, it, there, it's a mental load of casting really? Keith Moon yeah. Ringo Starr you know some really and, and Tony Curtis some incredible people and they're at her beck and call her costumes are Edith Head who's like the legendary Oscar winning costume designer all these people just jump I don't know how, she either had a lot of money and just said you know one more time for the people at the back and, and I'm going to empty my bank account or she just commanded you know that kind of love from people that they'd said yeah sure I'll make a film with Mae West and uh, you know fair play to her that's, that's some powerful woman there if she can get all those people to dance to her tune and her son Kanye was very proud of her. <laughs> You don't hear much about him anymore, do you? No, no. Um, Basically, she gets... It's like she's the only celebrity in the whole world. Yeah. This is what it would have been like, I imagine, if Diana would still be alive today. (laughs) I suppose so. Yeah. Um, But they say to her, does getting married mean that you're giving up on Hollywood? (laughs) I'd say, no, it's probably the fact that she's 85 years old. (laughs) 
again, there's well, de- in Hollywood, deni- over 27. Well, no, that, no, that exactly. That's it. No, mm. There's denial after denial. And again, you sort of have to admire her. She's like, the whole thing is set on their wedding night, like literally the whole film. I forgot that actually when I went back to watching it this, this week. Mm. Uh, so it's all set in one e- one night. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she has to solve the world's politics dilemma that's going on Whatever in a boardroom down the hall. She has to consummate her marriage. And she also has to suck up to her former husband, who happens to be one of the diplomats around the table. And so she's got a lot on that evening. And I don't know how she does it. And then we get the world's worst press conference, where everyone asks <laughs> yes. the most inane questions. Yeah. And then someone ends it by shouting, hooray for Hollywood! And they all start singing. <laughs> and then they sing. So that's another thing about this film that I didn't remember. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how I didn't remember it. Probably just because my jaw was on the floor from yeah. everything else. That doesn't make any sense. But occasionally people do just burst into song. Sometimes half-heartedly, sometimes they'll just go for it. Inevitably, um, busboys and waitresses will just sort of do dance routines like randomly around her. Clearly, while she's standing sort of slightly wobbling and occasionally doing that thing, you know, where you um, you just scoop your hand under the side of your wig in a kind of glamour pose. She mm. does that occasionally to sort of indicate she has still got it. She doesn't have like a whole range of things that she actually does. No, no, no. <laughs> she spends quite a lot of the time just sort of slightly leaning on one elbow on a bed. The movement thing isn't really what she's there for. She just sort of is the centre and people orbit around her. Yeah, orbiting the word. Like um, a great I, big I, moon. <laughs> I was trying to imagine what would happen if you stood up in a London hotel and shouted, hooray for Hollywood. <laughs> you would probably get hit, wouldn't you? I don't know, I think you'd probably just get asked to leave. Or ignored. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, you're right. She's the only star in the world, never seen a Hollywood star before, and she's the only one, and she's the most important person clearly on the planet in this film. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's brilliantly like, if I could write my own, you know, it's shameless in its mm. her own adoration of her. But, you know, why not? I suppose if you're if you're thinking this is probably your swan song, then I can go for it. <laughs> How do you like Big Ben? I don't know. I've never met the gentleman. <laughs> Another zinger. Better. And then the best bit, the bit made me laugh the most, is that she goes through all this press covers and with Timothy Dalton at her side, yeah. and they go in the lift to go up to their honeymoon mm-hmm. suite. She turns around and says, "I'm going to throw the bouquet," <laughs> and because she's 85, yet she throws it about a foot. Yeah, and, and the just, first just man the nearest. No, no, it's a, wo- it's a woman. Oh, a woman. And sorry. she looks really happy. Yeah, but clearly plays no further part in the film. She's passed on. So the it's just. Um, curse of never dying to this woman yeah yeah and I think the way she enters the, I actually was quite surprised because she maybe it's just because she didn't want to stand up on her own but normally like you know with a Hollywood film you get the star entrance and it's usually like Dalton in Living Daylights you know he's he's kind of climbing down the Rock of Gibraltar and then he turns around and you see this incredible face and it's like mm. that's bang he's he's arrived mm. um, and in this she just kind of there's a car you don't see her for like it's nearly something like eight minutes yeah. it's just like so much build up oh Marlon Man is what everyone's talking about her you don't see her so they really build her up as you'd expect and then after eight minutes it's a bit of a damp squib she just sort of is standing in front of a car with Timothy Dalton in a two shot because obviously no close ups no, 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 no. <laughs> so um, yeah she's she just sort of pops up on the screen and then is mostly a far away for the rest of the film yeah and then we get the bit here where they get to the honeymoon suite and Tim I've just written here, oh, Tim. <laughs> oh, Tim. Yeah, he, um, the director's obviously said to him, just do something British, right? Oh. So he's going, dum, 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 <laughs> dum, 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 dum. I do that when I get up. Don't you hum the, the bongs of Big Ben? No. No? Well, I, I have to now because they've, they've stopped. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's completely, obviously, Britain for Americans. Mm-hmm. He's even at one point, I mean, I'm sure we'll come to this later, described as, you know, better than James Bond, better than yeah. 007. This is obviously a few years before he went anywhere near that. But it's a complete postcard. It's a love letter to London from Americans like who are slightly clueless about what London actually is. But it's charming for all yeah. that. Charming. And then Dom DeLuise bursts in, who, as we discussed earlier, is the only other person who's interested in being this. Yeah, he's actually animated and, and so committed in a way that nobody 
nobody else can really be asked to be. Yeah. Although I did yeah. say, we did see him earlier, I forgot to mention, when he was getting the room ready. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, you can, yeah. and he's like her stressed out assistant, who we later find out perhaps has, has always loved her, but realises he's, he's missed it in the background rather than one of her leading men. In effect, he does have, he's probably the only backstory or like character trait in the film, which yeah. is which is nice, you it's know, nice something to grab hold of when yeah. you're losing the will to which live. you wouldn't get with Mae West. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, at least, it, you know, it would come off on your hand. Um, so <laughs> that's one of her lines. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Honey, I'd hold it, but it'd come up in my hand. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, but then you bit with Dom DeLuise says um, yep. about how they're going to, she's going to need a wardrobe fitting. Yes. And then Tim says, she won't be needing any clothes for the next few days. Constantly, she's a sex person. Hey, everyone, don't forget, she's a sex person. I put it ironically, she's never touched by a man. Yeah. Doesn't kiss anyone. Mm. But the moment they're going to kiss, mm-hmm. the newlyweds finally get a moment to themselves. Obviously, they're constantly interrupted, like this fast carries on. And they're about to kiss. And then, obviously, someone bursts in. And you just think, you know, what would have happened if they actually... <laughs> I just don't know how that would have even looked. It would be like the end of Last Crusade, <laughs> wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. And then we get him finding out, through Dom DeLuise, that <laughs> she has previous husbands. Yeah. So we find out that Tony Curtis's name is... She calls him Sexy Alexi. Sexy Alexi. Ringo yeah, yeah. Starr is Laszlo Cruel. Is that his last name? I never got the last name. I've written it down as Cruel. Yeah, he's like a director that she wants to sort of dallied with. Who's terrible in this, by the way. He's absolutely shit. Yeah. Um, and also, I really admire the brief attempt at an accent before he just goes back to being scouts. Yeah, he does it for like one second and then he's <laughs> yeah. like, well, that'll do. Yeah, 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 yeah. He I'm showed just, up. I mean, fair play. I'm trying to imagine. You've got a film here. It's only obviously made in America. You've got Keith Moon is in it later Ringo mm-hmm. Starr's in it now yeah how much coke do you think is going around in this set Keith Moon alone like oh my he god <laughs> I've written down here that he's doing an advert for cocaine yeah basically. yeah 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 he's a whirlwind he's eating his own face um, he has the worst he's... line in the film which one was that? When he says, that dress is so fantastic that I would even wear it. In fact, I have. Yeah, yeah. He but delivers it so bad. But no, there's no good way of delivering that. It's a terrible no. line. All, all the lines are mostly terrible. But he, he was really fun to watch, though, because I don't think I've ever seen him that animated. So then we get the woman on the TV. Dom DeLuise has got this plan, right? He needs Marlowe to come and fix the world. That's right. So it's just arranged... suddenly, he just suddenly mentions it like it's something. Yeah. He says, like, Uncle oh, Sam enough. needs you, which I'm assuming is the actual Uncle Sam she met. <laughs> That's right. Before he died yes. 100 years ago. Yes, her yeah. former husband uncle sam so we get this woman on the tv going uh, marlo's married this guy who's a complete dick basically yeah. and tim says cheeky hussy yeah he does I enjoyed. bless him and uh, he, he has to go down there and give her a piece of his mind that's right so they're they're broadcasting obviously it was <laughs> really amazing because she's the only actor in hollywood and and the, this is the only time an actor who's ever come to london there's three different camera units so there's one outside the hotel yeah. then they throw over to the guy that's in the lobby mm-hmm. and then they throw over to another guy in the suite while it's being prepared so there's a lot of cameras and a lot of reporters going around yeah they're monitoring her every move and so every time he needs to be out of the way for some reason timothy dalton's character has to go down to the lobby where they're just live there's no rolling news then obviously but there is for this state visit yeah. so he has to keep going down to the news anchor who's sitting constantly broadcasting in the lobby and just like sit down and give them an interview he gets caught out though doesn't he because she yeah. says are you gay and he says yes well yes of course I am I'd like to think of myself as a uh, yeah yeah and he basically says I, I fucked loads of men at school but he doesn't <laughs> yes. say that he basically alludes to the fact that he's good at sports and yes. likes to be a team player but it sounds like he's talking about how he has sex with men and it's yeah I think it's supposed to be funny that, yeah, uh, that he really... keeps on digging himself a deep hole. In 1961, it was probably hilarious. <laughs> Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah. When she, yeah, I suppose, yeah, very possibly. But um, obviously, it's it's, a, it's the cultural misunderstanding between Americans and English people about what gay means, and just I don't even like thinking about that part of the film. It's just so so bad. And then we go back to Dom DeLuise and Marlowe, and he and her do this little montage about how because of her, there's been world peace for. Decades. That's right. She's been keeping things steady. Yeah. Just with I don't know her tits. Whatever. <laughs> 
one each. Uh, and now she's settled down and getting married. The world's falling apart. Of course it is. You know, what um, are they going to do without her? So they need her to go and speak to Tony Curtis. Yeah. Sexy Alexi. But the way it's couched, it's not... Spe- it's like you need to go and spend one last evening with him. Yeah, candlelight and violins. Mm. And what happens is you get everybody in the world going, yes, I agree to this plan, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he gets to Tony Curtis, he goes, no. And it's like, oh, bloody Russia. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. the one squeaky wheel. And there's only one way to oil a squeaky wheel. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of no. Um, so embalming fluids and um, yeah. So yeah. I've written down here candlelight and violins for diplomacy, presumably hand jobs for ceasefires. <laughs> She's got a tariff system. She's all talk, is mm, Marlowe. Mm. So there's no. She does literally nothing, nothing at all, apart from be in a room. Some some men do um, like ladies just talking to them. I suppose so. Yeah. yeah. Some some people pay for that. Don't they, they do. They just get them to sit at the end of the bed. Some men like the older lady. Some men, John. <laughs> well, so you've heard who doesn't enjoy a chat yeah no no true true yeah so no. talking can be, can be nice but it's, it's definitely are... couched as her being a prosto in well, one there, way or another. there is such a thing as a grant is it a grantophile oh I don't know people who are only attracted to older people okay yeah so the, the opposite of a paedophile oh I see oh yeah. god right okay yeah so right. maybe maybe she appeals to that Spectrum. Yes, perhaps. I wrote down as well while I was watching it because we were just googling things as every, every time we pressed pause, which was a lot. I did. Um, it took me about she was, three hours to watch this. She, she yeah. was born in 1893, and the age gap between her and Timothy Dalton at the time of filming was 53 years. Good grief. 53 years. Good yeah. grief. Just, just that was just you know. I would, I'd have noticed if, if, if the genders had been reversed, I'd have noticed it too. I'm just mm. saying that's a that's a huge age gap, and he has got a job on his hands trying to love this inanimate object who used to be a woman <laughs> just just, I don't even know where you'd start no you'd have to just love the idea of it yeah we'll just we'll just keep saying I'm doing a scene with Mae West I'm doing a scene with Mae West yeah. I'm doing, and just just keep that in, at the forefront of your mind when she was actually at her most famous she was like 40 which is pretty incredible as well because you know you think of those 30s ingenue film stars as being much younger so she's I've got a lot of respect for her well yes up, uh, up until the point she starts writing anything then I lose all respect she for was, her wasn't she the highest paid movie star or female movie yeah, star yeah yeah she was really successful I'm, I might read this out actually but there was um, the, we've got an American DVD of it because obviously <laughs> we're, we're weird and actually went as far as buying it you kind of think just watch it on youtube i watched it on youtube ladies and gentlemen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but there's uh liner notes i think uh, the film critic called i think he's called dennis demodi or something like that he's famed for loving bad films and he gave like 12 years a slave one star because he only likes shit films he quotes a new york times journalist um this is when the film came out called vincent canby it's sort of funny but it's kind of not because he's clearly just tearing lumps off her because she's a woman who doesn't look how she used to look but there's um he says the film is a poetic terrifying reminder of how a virtually disembodied ego can survive total physical decay and loss of common sense <laughs> which I do sort of agree with him yeah. I mean it's more complicated than that obviously but it is it is just she's a brain in a jar who just doesn't acknowledge what's going on outside at all anymore no and for that it's just it's such an odd watch isn't it it's such a I've not seen anything like it before or since no I can't think of another example of a film like this no. where you've got someone who's so clearly old yeah uh, but acting like they're not yeah I and mean, also you, she you kind of doesn't say... look old she just looks odd it's because yeah. there's no, you know, we're not talking about, I don't know, the, the signs of age like grey hair or a wrinkly face or it, she just is is entombed in, I don't know, makeup and you can't see the person. It's just like a, an alien has taken over a body mm. that's not really, it's just, it's very strange. Like the guy in Man in, Man in Black. Yeah, kind of. Like yeah, yeah. Inside of a man. Or like the Slitheen in Doctor Who. Where they just oh we were watching it this morning it's amazing it's they're, they're aliens that live in they they have to find fat people 
uh, to live inside because they're quite big and they need to they need big skins to hide right. in. Okay. So yeah, yeah, she's a bit like so that. The opposite of them. I mean, she's not fat, she's but you know what I mean. She's it. just she doesn't look human. No. Yeah, no. it's not an old lady we're watching at all. It's something entirely different, and that's what Hollywood does to women. It makes them mad. It's true. But we get the American athletics team turning up as as the you know needed as plot devices. And <laughs> that's well. that's where I think I kind of punched the air and went, "You go, girl." Yeah. <laughs> she's just like, "Fuck it." Um, could we just get the U.S. athletics team in? And if you read the credits, it's all Mr. Milwaukee, Mr. Mr. America, Mr. She just got a bunch of pretty boys from the beauty pageants and went, I'll have him, him, him. Well, one of them says uh, the line respect. I've always wanted to say in a film when they're at the, they're at the front desk and he goes, hey, cool it, fellas. <laughs> Cool I've always it. wanted to say that. I never well, had the you, you just did. I know. I'm really well, proud. Well done. Uh, and then we cut back up to the honeymoon suite where Tim's finally mm-hmm. come back to Marlowe. He's I should not start po- calling him Michael Barrington, shouldn't I? Um, yes, yeah, Sir Michael Barrington. Sir Michael Barrington. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's just come back up to her and he said, "Now we're alone." <laughs> And he sings. You know what's, you know what's coming. Oh. So this is the bit of the film that I couldn't get out of my head because mm, I, I mm. you know, I saw it years ago, kind of forgot, but I didn't forget this. <laughs> it's the most astonishing rendition of a song ever. Is it him singing? I think it definitely is him singing. You think it definitely is? Yeah, I think it definitely is him singing. It's so it's so Because it's bad. not brilliant. No. And there's no point getting someone to dub it in if it's not going to be, you know, I don't know. He could have got McCartney maybe via Ringo or something, but he didn't. No, it's it's definitely him. McCartney's not going anywhere near this. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, it's definitely got Ringo all over it, hasn't it? It is Ringo, yeah. yeah. I don't, where to start? The songs are always obviously very clumsily arrived at. They just kind of go... Uh, they just start bleh. playing a tape. People yeah. go, oh, start singing. <laughs> and they start look surprised, mining. like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's this bit. Okay. Yeah. And obviously he sings... And then, and then she, he gets to the end of the line, and then she goes, "Whatever." Yeah. But she doesn't. She doesn't do it like that, does she? No. <laughs> and the you will. You will. You, you will. <laughs> it's really upsetting. The bit where he sings, "Young and beautiful." <laughs> I'm like Tim. Your look looks at her. will never fade. Look it's like, at her. and that um, that is acting. If you want to mm. see acting, well, look at his eyes. He doesn't yeah. flinch for a second. He's no. like, "I'm going to keep looking at her. She can't see me anyway. Under all those lashes, it's fine." He should really and be he, looking at the, breaking the fourth wall there and looking at us and going. <laughs> What the fuck? She wouldn't have known, but that would have been cruel. But they're interrupted. They're about to kiss at the end of that song, they aren't are. they? And then thank fuck for Keith Moon. <laughs> I was, I was, I've never been more pleased to see him like in my life. Um, no, absolutely. He uh, he does a service here. Yeah. As we talked earlier, he does an advert for cocaine. <laughs> we well saying cocaine is brilliant, by the way, everybody. Singing, tap dancing. Yeah, having he's, the time of his freaking life. He, I, I don't know. He's on something. He's just go bouncing. Over I can't. The, I can't believe that's true. Keith Moon. No. Yeah. Sorry. It's impossible. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Uh, and then also, what you get here is Mae West kind of wakes up because she gets to try on loads of dresses. She gets to do it's a fashion like show. The, the cod liver oil's kicked in. <laughs> And, uh, she walks up and down of it, doesn't she? Yeah, doesn't it's she quite... sing a song? Um, oh, no, that's when she's... That's no, no, she it. says, she says the immortal line. Can I say the immortal line? She says, d- apropos of nothing again, no one's asked her to say this. She's like, uh, this can go here. <laughs> she says, I'm the girl who works at Paramount all day and fox all night. Yeah. Oh, hilarious. But obviously with her accent, it does it does sound like fucks. <laughs> it does, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, she gets to parade up and down. And these Edith Head designed costumes, so, you know, they're very shimmery and there's obviously, they're overblown and glittery and quite sort of close fitting. And she's clearly like strapped into God knows what in terms of corsetry and stuff to uh, look fetching in them. And it's sort of, I like, I love a Burious fashion show in the middle of a film. I'm perfectly keen on them, but it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, you know, that you see those videos come up on Twitter sometimes where someone's put a dress on a whippet and you're like... <laughs> You know, like, feeling sad? Here's a whippet in a dress. That'll cheer you up. And the whippet looks a bit sad because it's a bit like, why have I got a dress on me? It felt a bit like that. Even well, there's, though- a, there's a really... This isn't... OK, this is bad. This, this is like I'm going against all my feminist principles. Uh, I believe it's still this film critic, Vincent Canby, talking, who says that she looks like a plump sheep that's been stood on its hind legs, dressed in a drag queen's idea of chic, bewigged and then smeared with pink plaster. Yeah, I'd go with so that. So that's actually. the delightfully misogynistic also, um, opinion I mean, I, of her I don't appearance. agree with the exact sentiments. When you think yeah. about if you stood up a sheep, how awkwardly it would walk. I mean, they have. he, he sort of has a bit of a point, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. she's either walking very slowly or doing that juddering from side to side. Yes, thing, Like yes. she's plugged in. Yes, absolutely. There's, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, just, there's always a slight gentle sort of wiggling, rocking thing going on. Yeah. Which is obviously just, she's just trying to keep herself steady, I guess. It's completely heartbreaking to watch at times, you know. It but, is a bit. But also, she's fucking loving it, so... If it was your nan, you'd think it was good. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, good for her. Although, again, further on these liner notes, the the guy who wrote them interviewed some gay men who came out of an early screening of it to say, like, what did you think? Uh And uh, some of them were kind of just like clutching their heads and shaking them and going, oh, Jesus, no. One of them said to him, it was like watching my gran at a (laughs) gangbang. Okay. And so, you know, as a woman watching it, obviously I'm thinking oh Jesus don't do this don't do this but also she's just gathered a load of hunky boys around her and is making them all make like kissy faces at her I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that but it's uh, there are bits she should definitely have cut oh yeah 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 but, <laughs> maybe um, just invite them around to your house and do it that way you know but she wanted to be seen as desirable one last time I guess so I guess so yeah I sort of understand her it motives. reminds me of that woman who uh, I don't know if you remember about 20 maybe more years ago she won the lottery yeah and put on a play oh I didn't oh no um, this I, is the kind of thing I Love. Well, it was a musical. Okay. It was a huge failure. But this is, feels like that. But I was reading that the studio. Oh no, this is entirely a hundred percent of vanity. The studio, yeah. could, they, the people who made this couldn't get distribution for this. They had to distribute it themselves. Oh my! No God. one would touch it. I mean, I completely, I can believe that. Yeah. It's only now that it's going to. Lots of people have it as a kind of a hate watch or a curiosity or a. It's it's only with distance of time you can look back and sort of say, well, I don't, I can't imagine anything like that happening now. See, this is before the Empire Strikes Back. Okay? <laughs> after, yeah. after after everyone's got used to Yoda, <laughs> this would have been very popular with people. No, but she's wrinkle free. You can't. 
The comparisons so just is Yoda if you're only filming from 15 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> and he moves better. Covered in pan stick and like with, with a lot something like ice cream on the lens. Yeah. So she just at times she just looks like when she arrives actually in her wedding dress, yeah. I think I wrote down she is just foam. <laughs> There's no like definable human shape. No, 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 it's no. just like she is it's some just, foam. It's just a head sitting on top of this thing. Yeah. If she yeah. was voiced by Frank Oz as well, that'd have been good. <laughs> like Miss Piggy voice. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is it is kind of Miss Piggy the movie. But then in, we in cut, a to a, cut to a very confusing scene where you see the kitchen and everyone in the kitchen's fighting over food. Yeah. Uh, over uh, nationalities of food. It's very strange. Yeah, so, so, like, the, so the chef I'm in Cameroon the Cameroon host- and yeah. I want to make this. And the chef's basically like really Brexit. He's just like... He's just like, yeah, get, go back where you came from. I like, get out of my British kitchen. food in here. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a completely pointless scene. But they sort of have to like shove it in there so that the shenanigans with the tape going in a cake later make sense. Yes. But it's, it's all a bit exhausting by this point. The whole thing is set up around their wedding night. So obviously you're kind of just waiting for them to seal the deal just you know, so you can watch your fingers. And obviously they never do because too much other shit's going on. Talking of which, we forgot to mention, Dom DeLuise has got her to accept to meet Tony Curtis. So she's going to do whatever nefarious thing it is in so order Dom to DeLuise persuade is, him. Yes, he's met with his contact and his contact... The then, guy in the lift who's holding up the Daily Telegraph. He then meets with Tony Curtis and says, you're on. He says, the uh, caviar has been delivered. <laughs> That's like that. right. And then Tony Curtis mm-hmm. in, the, in this meeting hears about it and again, they're all talking about the world problems and he suddenly goes, da! And they <laughs> yes. go, you agree? Yeah. And yeah, he yeah, says, yeah. stands up and I've written this down. <laughs> and he says, uh, no, Old Russian proverb. So, Berachiki, Balikneov, Alachi, Robert Lachia. In other, and then so the guy goes. In other words, and he goes, I go for quickie. <laughs> that's and right. The room. Is there, so, have you got someone to translate the Russian back into English to check that's what it means? I haven't actually. Well, I think I think we need to verify. This. Well, doesn't Dozyadanya mean like hello? Or yeah, something? I think so. I think it's just gibberish. I think it's just bollocks. Yeah. This doesn't strike me as the kind of production that would then like go and double check. No, no, no. no. Or get like a Russian speaker in just to, you know, iron out the creases. I, d- I just, I don't think they could give a flying what's it. You can also imagine Trump saying this at the G8 <laughs> summit. Because I saw it on a movie once. <laughs> yeah. Watch this. It's going to be amazing. The documentary I saw. <laughs> <laughs> and then Timothy Dalton, we, he has a meeting with Dom DeLuise. We haven't he, talked about him enough. Like, he's, you know, no. he is working his tits off in this film. He meets Dom DeLuise and Dom DeLuise says, you need to look at these newspapers. Yeah. And they all say you're a big gay man, basically. <laughs> and then Timothy Dalton says, they think of I'm a bit... <laughs> <laughs> That's says, right, the hand gesture. Yes, In other words, a bit funny. Yeah, and he wobbles his hand in midair to indicate... Yeah. You know, because no one says, you know, no. homosexual. Well, because Timothy Don does the hilarious joke of saying, they think gay is a bad thing. Is that, is that yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. goes oh, that's a bit queer. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so brilliantly yeah. written. Yeah. And then um, he goes, right, well, I'm going to go and um, speak to somebody in the TV again. Again, obviously, they're still broadcasting live from, yeah. from you know, basically waiting for two people they've never met to have sex. So he leaves. And then Dom DeLuise <clears throat> thinks this is the appropriate time to do a Beatles cover. Yes. And he does honey pie. Honey pie. But it's the best bit of bits in the film. I mean, it he does is. tap dancing. He it does is, dancing. but it's still awful. Oh, yeah, the music's terrible. I mean, just awful. But yes, it sort of livens things up a bit. Also, the directing. He does actual tap dancing on top of the piano and the yeah. camera focuses on his face. <laughs> you want to see his, You want to see the that's business? because this is a crew that's only there to get an immobile woman who will be only filmed from the waist <laughs> up. Like, they're, they're, they're not equipped to move the camera down to some feet. You know, they don't have the equipment. So it's completely understandable. So meanwhile, Tim goes down and talks to the TV and he says he <laughs> talks about how he was good at school and everything and he's not gay 
Yeah. And then he says, but he's very keen on teamwork. Yeah. And then he says, I coxed the whole crew in 69. It just gets worse for the poor guy. I he's know, just like he's digging. digging holes. I know, I know, I know. And then the TV are like, oh, 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 he is gay. Oh, oh. And then and they say to him, right, you have to come out and talk to these people out here. And meanwhile, Mae West has gone up to see Tony Curtis. So they're for trying them. to, effectively, just trying to keep him out of the way while she possibly, I don't know, cops off with another. I mean. So Tony Curtis brings her in and he's like, oh, champagne, I'm Russian. I'm going to break glasses. Yeah. It annoys me a lot as well that I don't know what champagne was like in 1978, but none of the bottles pop. Like, they don't even get... No. They just take the cork out and it kind of goes... They take like but tin not even foil properly. Off the top as well. Oh, like it's no... just so shit. Yeah, like they, they, there's so many things they just clearly went ah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. No one's going to see it anyway. It's I'm fine. The leading lady. But uh, it's yeah that that really bugged me. I don't. I hate it when they do drinks wrong. In um, I once went to see a play and they were making martinis and they didn't use ice. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like that's that's just going to be like a warm. What you are you doing? Going, Boo! <laughs> yes. Yeah. And actually, my friend was in it, so I thought I better not. But um, oh, I afterwards, I was like, please. I just it made me so edgy for the whole bit. It's like, oh my god, another warm one. I can't. Have you bear seen it. the Tom Cruise film Top Cocktail? I have. Yeah. Does it pass muster? I think so. I can't remember. It was a long time ago now. Yeah, I think so. Probably. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining. Yeah, because he had to shake the shaker. They'd have to put ice in there. So all, the, all meanwhile, he's talking to Marlo and trying to cop off with her, but she's not having any of it because she's nearly 100. And he and takes she... her out on the balcony and Tim <laughs> down. And actually, that's the only time I think anyone touches her. They do yeah. sort of get close, don't they? Probably because he's nearly, well, he's not nearly as old as her. He's closest <laughs> in age to her, I'd imagine, out of the whole car. And she's wedged between like the front of the balcony and him so that she's sort of upright. Yeah. Because it's probably a health and safety she's thing. Probably one <laughs> she's probably on those boards. You know, you know, they, you hear tales of the guy who played Frankenstein, Boris Karloff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the costume was so big. Yes. He had to, like, lie on a board that was standing up so he couldn't go and sit Commitment down. Commitment to your know. art. I mean, I'm sure it was probably similar for her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The wig yeah. looks pretty heavy, actually. Yeah. With all those wires and batteries in it and stuff. She's probably, like, nailed to the floor or something. <laughs> So Tim sees her on the balcony with Tony Curtis. Yeah. And he says, that's my wife. But his jealousy is very momentary. Then he just gets distracted again, doesn't he? It's like Mm. it doesn't take... Obviously, nothing makes sense. No one acts like a human being. So, you know, it's too brief. He should be furious because he's passionately in love with her and and can't wait wait to, you know, seal the deal. And uh, just sees her being evidently nuzzled by somebody else and doesn't sort of, you know, climb up the hotel, like the balcony and punch him. And then she sings, after I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) Really that is what she sounds like when she sings. And, and she way. does, and she she does <laughs> sing here. So she talks, I think, for the rest of the film, it's talk yeah. singing. It's the, the Rex yeah. Harrison thing. She doesn't actually sing, but this is, she does they, She does a little bit. She does. Maybe that day she was feeling particularly like, no, I think I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> so she, they allow Again, her to sing it's like someone's turned on a tape recorder and she's oh, gone, oh, yeah. oh, gone. <laughs> and it's just horrible to listen to. It's like if, if your nan has too many brandies at yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And then goes, oh, I'll sing. Yeah. It's brief. It's mercifully brief, though. So it's kind of, you know, it's over quite quickly. That's the best thing you can say about it. But really. then from the balcony, she sees that the... Oh, because we meant to... We meant oh, the this. tape. We the haven't tape. even talked about the pink tape. She, she was basically using a tape <clears throat> to record her memoirs. That's right. Her revealing and very um, incriminating memoirs. And I missed what happened to it. Did someone throw it out of the window? Um, no, to start with, uh, Dom DeLuise threw it in an oven. It got baked into a cake that was then served to her and sexy Alexi during their tryst. Because obviously when you're going to fuck someone, you get you order cake. <sighs> Actually, bit. I'd quite like that. That'd be cool. But yeah, uh, So yeah. he orders a cake. He slices it to the cake. She sees that the pink tape is inside the cake. And then does she throw it out the window? Someone throws it out the window. And then it ends up... With, oh, that's right, the athletics team are yeah, in the park outside. The javelin guy javelins the tape 
tape, it comes back inside. And then it goes, and then in the most ridiculous thing, mm-hmm. it's it's on the trampoline, someone bounces off the trampoline and it flies up through the skylight and into one of the ornamental lion's mouths hanging over the top of the front of the hotel. Well, you, you've missed an important part. <sighs> Have I? Yeah, 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 because, um, well, I should say, the reason I missed it is because I basically watched this in three sittings. Yeah. I could well, I watched 20 minutes and I was like, I can't <gasps> yeah, watch this, and no, I went and did it's... something else for a bit. Um, but she goes and meets the US athletic team that we mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, the, uh, you know, he says, uh, cool it, fellas. Cool it, so fellas. they're in the hotel gym kind of working out. Working out. Yeah. And she sings to them. Before she sings to them, what does she say? I don't know. I haven't written it down. <laughs> she walks in uh-huh. and, you know, after an uncomfortable pause where everyone's like, shit, has she run out of batteries? Yeah. She wakes up and her, does like almost a shoulder shimmy and says, all this meat and no potatoes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which obviously doesn't mean anything. No. But, you know, it's important to get that in, I think. You know, I think she, she's saying that they've all got penises but no balls. <laughs> Maybe that's it. A unit. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Well, they're well, all on a lot knew. of uh, steroids, I think. So maybe that affects, maybe you know, the undercarriage shrunk, in some way. Shrunk. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they laugh at everything she says. It's like she's doing an audience with ITV in the 80s. Expected like uh, Ted Moult stand up and ask her a question. Uh, May, is it true that you are the best actress in the world? What a lovely question. <laughs> Why? How unexpected. Yeah, that, uh, throughout the film, right from the beginning, anything she says in a room with other people in it, they all lose their shit. They herniate mm. themselves, like honking mm. at everything she says. Because clearly, it's this is it's her show, just... Laugher. And she notices that the pink tape is now on the trampoline and a guy is jumping up that's and down. That's right. The trampoline. Sorry, yes, that's right. That happens while she's there. And if it? she was a lady of, I don't know, 20, 30 years younger, she'd <laughs> 40, probably have 50 grabbed years it. Younger, yeah. She'd probably have the reactions to grab it. Yeah. But, if, but as it is, she has to see it bounced through the skylight <laughs> and into the statue of a dragon's mouth. It's just so stupid. There's no point saying it wouldn't happen, obviously. This film has gone so far beyond that wouldn't oh, happen. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. There's no point. We're in no but man's it, land. But even for this film, it's just impossibly clunky and shit and just annoyingly bad. Someone could have just, you know, punched this up a bit. And it's the, one of the worst films ever. And yeah. yet there's so much to talk about. But then she <laughs> she leaves and Dom DeLuise brings Tim to the US. Yep. Alpha, and he says, basically, to show that you're not gay, you have to go and hang around with loads of men in a gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And they're all in their like sort of tight vests with their huge, like almost bosoms. They've, they're so beefed up. Yeah. And so, yes, and he's standing in this unbelievably homoerotic sort of backdrop, yeah. trying to weightlift in his morning suit. Well, uh, Dom de Luis says we need to change the ha 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 into mmm. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, we need the ladies to see you looking rough and tough with uh, 20 or 30 of your closest half-dressed muscly friends. <laughs> you must have thought Liberace was such a hunk in yeah, the 80s. They did, though. Yeah. All these people hiding in plain sight, they, I think that's how it was back then, wasn't it? So Tim, as you say, lift weights with them. Meanwhile, Marlo is having her screen test with Ringo Starr. So this is the other thing she has to fit in in her busy schedule. She's on honeymoon, it is her wedding night, but they've also flown over uh, some young stud who mm-hmm. needs a screen test to be her new leading man because obviously she's making another film obviously <laughs> as the young love interest yeah. and yes yeah, so another former husband Laszlo Ringo Starr literally on the worst form of his career um, uh, arrives to be the film director who's who's now screen testing her with this new Twinkie and it's painful well it is because you know we've all seen Hard Day's Night and yeah. Help and you watch those and you think Ringo cheeky. is it was brilliant fun. yeah He's a proper actor out he's of all of them. Comedian, you know, and, definitely um, had the timing. And he's done some other films, and he's pretty yep. good in them. Yeah, he's so Thomas the Tank Engine. That narration was pretty shit hot. And he must have just been on the same line as Keith. I wonder. Yes, he doesn't seem to be really there. No. In the way that perhaps some no. some other people in the room are. Um, yeah, he's 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 not on planet Earth. Talking of coke, we then cut back to <laughs> Tim Dalton trampolining. <laughs> 
in his in his morning suit. In his morning suit. Yeah, which I didn't mind at all. I quite I quite enjoyed that bit. It was so strange though. <laughs> if you showed it out of context, yeah. you know, look at this scene with Timothy Dalton. Look, he's I mean, with it's the US man, though. Right, clearly he's oh, a very yeah. good trampoline. Yeah, yeah, it cuts yeah, yeah. to a good trampolinist. But yeah. before that, it's Timothy Dalton on a trampoline. Yeah, it's very yeah. I want I want I'd love to talk to him about this film now. I would. Because it's safe, safe to say now he could just say what he really thought about the whole thing. Well, I've got what he said about it at the time oh. down later. I'll tell oh, you I can't. OK, I'm yeah. absolutely, I can't wait. Um, so then, again, this all feels like it's setting up to a porn film. <laughs> but we cut back to Tony Curtis, who's now had his candlelight and, what was it, champagne meeting? He got, he got nothing. He got nothing, he, so I'm he, assuming he, he had, had like a wank. few drinks. He's probably gone off to the bathroom. <laughs> come back, I don't know, just feeling better in yeah. some way. And he said, And has Duh. changed his mind, yeah. So the whole of world is now in agreement. Sorted. Yeah, then she saved the world. We get George Hamilton turning up. Yes. Why? Don't know. Doesn't need him. Um, because because he'd said he'd do it, and that you know she can have like another ex-husband. No, because it, it provides John because it, the, the incredible dramatic tension of is she still married to him? He's this gangster dude, isn't he? Who's like presumed dead? Sexy, called Vance. leathery gangster called Vance, and he arrives in the full you know Great Chicago gangster thing. Of this Brilliant. With, with yeah, the, yeah. Uh, spats and the <laughs> stripy. Suit yeah, it's very very 1978. Yeah. Um, so he obviously it's just it's her dream guy from like some film in the 30s. Um, he turns up. It's her former husband Vance. She thought he died. So uh, and then she can't remember whether and this is this is where it gets really what yeah. so she was going to divorce him and then she heard he was dead and she couldn't remember before the announcement of his death whether or not she'd gone through with the divorce yeah. bonkers yeah it doesn't make any sense <laughs> so the, lots of dramatic tension over whether she's legally married to Sir Tim I can't remember his real name Sir, um, or Sir, Sir Michael Sir Michael Barrington Sir Michael Bummington or <laughs> or if she uh, it, it was an illegal uh, union because she's still married to George Hamilton he says to her hey Marlow long time no grab <laughs> again it's far too dangerous to grab her that could destabilize her oh. she could just go over like a tower she's got terry hawks to do yeah <laughs> um, so it is super marionation the whole way she moves it really isn't it? is yeah yeah and like then, a very uh, careful puppeteer like very gently just wobbling her slightly that's it. but yeah. then again this is probably me tuning out but suddenly we've got this plot of Dom DeLuise and George Hamilton have to go and get the tape which has gone into the lion's mouth but Tim is already up there he's risking life and limb and climbing up the outside of the hotel very dangerously and then Dom DeLuise gets hung by his ankles off the top of the hotel by um, George Hamilton he does a nice joke though I did enjoy his one joke I, I, I bet he improvised joke. what did he say well he's hanging upside down and his pocket watch comes out oh that's right and swings right into his face and he goes oh is that the time no <laughs> That's, ex- I, that's I quite excellent. enjoyed. Yeah, I don't. I don't imagine for a second that she wrote that. No, just no. on the on the strength of the rest of her writing, which mm. is subpar. It's subpar. It is subpar. Mm. Um, yeah. So then they give up because they can't reach. But Tim's already there, and Tim reaches in like half an inch, and there's the tape. And this is where he gets to audition for Bond because yes. he's being a spy. He then he's creeping about, climbing a building. Well, what does he do to get back down? We've got some foreshadowing that pays off. Yes. He jumps down through the skylight, trampoline lands on the trampoline, does a little somersault, lands on his feet. Really impressive. Loved it. And thus Bond is born. I think yeah. it was only a matter of time after that scene. And then he goes to meet the um, chef. That's right. And the chef says, basically says something like, how is it in the Secret Service? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, That's hang how. on a minute. Yeah, so you start to find out that he's uh, less of a buffoon than originally thought and more of a spy. He is actually a spy. He's actually an actual spy, as all posh people in Britain were in, uh, in the 70s. So, yes. you know, it sort of goes without saying, really. Then it cuts back to the, um, they're having a state dinner to celebrate everything going really, really well. Yeah. And do you know, it cuts back to whoever was the Jimmy Carter impersonator of the time. Yeah. Who's just completely 
freaky looking. His eyes are kind of going sort of slightly towards his nose. Yeah, yeah. He gets quite a lot of screen time. Like he gets a good couple of lines. He must have been happy with him. He must have been delighted. He's eating like, peanuts. Oh. Well, that's the joke. Is that they're all arguing because they've exchanged <laughs> foods for some reason. Yeah. And no one likes each other's foods. No. But no. the American, because he's stupid, and it's Jimmy Carter, and everyone liked to joke that he was stupid. He's literally eating monkey nuts and going, "Oh, I don't know what all the fuss is about. I'm eating nuts." Some, some of the decisions are quite amazing. Then George Hamilton bursts in mm-hmm. with Mae West and Dom DeLuise. Yeah. And Mae West once again sorts everything out. Yeah, she saved the world. Because the tape has now been given to this room. And the, and the, the leader of the room basically says, oh, we should all listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I think we should hear it. Which is, compl- again, what? what? Eh? Yeah. And it's just like, it's just her going, and then I married this guy. And then, and, but then she's obviously in the tape, it turns out she's revealing intimate details about which they their, all find their dealings, which they all have a chuckle over. Yeah. And it's like, so, the, so it's not important then. There's no joining up of thoughts here at all. It's just, no. And there's then, a tape, it's pink. It's, it's sort of being thrown around the hotel. It's pointless. Well, George Hamilton doesn't want it to be played. And no, then that's suddenly, right the leader of Italy turns out is the Godfather they play the Godfather music which again is completely out of the blue and George Hamilton kind of like kneels at his feet and then that's the end of his bit and then they play the tape yeah Yeah, very strange (sighs) and then she sings Babyface to them all which is is probably the most that's why she does sing again so I forgot I I put this one to the back of my mind because it's so unpleasant Mm. yeah she does and it's uh, again it's apropos of nothing why would she sing that to these people now they love it they go fucking nuts for it they're beaming from ear to ear (laughs) because she's so delightful and why wouldn't you want her to sing that she's amazing we should just send Betty White to the UN yeah maybe and get her to sing baby face (laughs) and see what happens send her to North Korea (laughs) Get her, to, get her to wank off Kim <laughs> and uh, that's how most diplomacy is done though isn't it you just send in you know a film star and get them to shag it out of them that's yeah. uh, usually the way um, so then she goes back to a hotel room and Timothy Dalton has gone he yep, says that's um, right. you've got too many husbands and I, I'm, I'm getting in the way yeah. so I'm leaving yeah, yeah, yeah. but really because he's finished his mission and then Alice Cooper incongruously <laughs> turns up so this is when it becomes like like full cheese dream reality is no longer a friend he, is, he looks exactly like I've written this down do you remember in the Young Ones episode <laughs> <laughs> where they do a bit called Dino and Dicky. Yeah. He looks like Rick Mail as Dicky. He looks exactly like him. And again, his eyes appear to be slightly crossing yes. as well. Like everyone in this film has got a slight squint. Keith Moon brought bad coke. <laughs> It made everyone boss-eyed. Like angel dust or kettle or something. They've all, just, they've all gone a bit funny. And his so, things are really shitty. Apparently he'd written a song specially for this film, but they rejected it and gave him this <laughs> shitty one to sing. So this one sounds like it was written for the film as well, because it can't have been just like a... Oh, it's very strange. Oh, yeah. before I think before he sings, oh, yeah. doesn't she, after Babyface, I think she gets to say, after... Is it one hour and 20 minutes of this shit, she finally gets to say, oh, come up and see me sometime. Yes. Which, of course, is another thing that everyone is waiting for if you're actually a Mae West fan. Uh, the sooner the better. <laughs> But it's like, you know, I think it was almost just like a, oh, shit, you better say the thing. You, you need to say the thing now. So, yeah. so, you know, obviously this is, she's literally just now using up the list of things she said she wanted in the film in no particular order. Just like, just put them in before the credits roll, yeah. including, could we have Alice Cooper as a bellhop singing me a nice song about how his loss is someone else's gain? It's <laughs> really weird. Yeah. And then... Um, With his weird eyes. She's sorted out the world and basically decides that she does want Michael Barrington after all. And he is... But Dom DeLuise actually says to her, you've saved the world. He does. Yeah. I tell you Again, what. which I completely love her for. It's like, yeah, you're the sexiest person I've ever seen. You've saved the world. Everyone's in love with you. It's like, you, you might as well just get everyone to say these things to you because it's your last chance, I suppose. And who better to tell you you've saved the world than Dom de Luis? I know. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's nice. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So then we go back to Michael Barrington, Timothy Dalton. Yeah. 
on his, I think he's on a yacht. Is he on a yacht? He is. He's gone to his yacht, which is more just off London, luckily. So that's yes. good. And he starts singing to himself again about love will keep us together. Yeah, yes. no, no. She, she announces that she's going off to try and sort of catch him before he sails for wherever he's sailing for. And he's humming to himself a bit of love will keep us together. Yeah. And then uh, he's sitting in his sitting room pouring himself a whiskey of consolation. And, and then it gets to her a bit and she kind of, from the other room, lying on his bed, sings, you will, you will. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and obviously he's like really happy. And he gets in bed with her. <sighs> And then the film finishes. <laughs> no, but not before she gets to say oh. something about this. He says something to her about Paul Revere. Oh, yes. And then God. she said, oh, then I God. get to say something I've always wanted to say. The British are coming. Uh, <laughs> Means he's finally going to nail his bride yeah. before the dying embers of their wedding night are gone. And then there's like a shot of a cannon, a flag going up a pole, yeah. you know, all, everything but the train going in the tunnel, basically. Mm. <laughs> and then they raise Tower Bridge to let the boat out. Yeah. Lots of lots of sexy metaphor. What there. it should be is some hourglass, an hourglass of sand coming out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Just a big clock <laughs> ticking, ticking down to midnight. So there you go. That's the end of Sextet. Oh, and the, the, the trivia I've got here is one: Alice Cooper says every male actor was sexually propositioned by Mae West. Fan freaking tastic. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. But also, what on earth would she have done if, if anybody had said yes? She'd have been broken. <laughs> what would she have done? Like I just, I can't even. Maybe there's like a special chair or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Like a love seat. Why did I start this? I don't want to think about the logistics. Anyway, good, good on her, I say. And the other thing is that Tim says... Go on, what did he say? It was a sort of carnival. Extremely special to do. Wow, that is such a brilliant sidestep, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was really mad. All these rock stars came in. It was just kind of, yeah, yeah. It was very, you know. <laughs> I would love to talk to him about it. Oh, I'm Imagine. desperate to. Well, our, the last podcast we did didn't seem to reach him. So perhaps, you know, we, this is our, another attempt to get Tim's attention. <laughs> well, we do know someone who lives near him now, don't we? Oh, do we? Yeah. Do we? Okay, brilliant. Right, well, let's... Yeah. We have to I won't say there. who or, or <laughs> how <laughs> Where I he know lives. that. But... Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, right, yeah. well... I need to talk to him about this now. I need to hear it from the horse's mouth. <laughs> Obviously, she did sexually proposition him too, because, you know, who wouldn't? So I, want, I wonder if... Uh, I wonder if he went through with it. Maybe you would, just to say, you know, <laughs> this woman who was born in 1893 <laughs> had it. Yeah. Incredible. So I'm sorry go. I made you watch that, but, you know... No, 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 I enjoyed it. I enjoyed in some it. ways, it was... Uh, yeah. You have to Ugh. broaden your horizons sometimes. My husband had a nightmare the, the night after we watched what, it. What, a nightmare? He was like, she's in my head, she's in my head. <laughs> he was most upset. Yeah, oh. I think, yeah, we might have to get him exercised. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. No, it was a complete pleasure as oh. always. Once again appearing. Hopefully not for the last time. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. And remember, parental guidance is suggested. Hi, I'm Julia Rayside and I'd like to invite you aboard my podcast. Always There is the only podcast to navigate through every single episode in order of the 1980s seafaring soap opera, Howard's Way. I mean, if we're talking lacquer, we need to go back to Polly, who's got 28 cans of Elmet. It was definitely um, yeah. feeling horrible that you hadn't done your homework. Yeah. Obviously, Lynn is immediately in a bikini. It's, it's a freezing day in, I'm guessing, I was February. I that swing pool looks f***ing freezing. You don't have to love Howard's Way or even remember it. We're going to talk about it anyway, because I think it's brilliant. Jack still feels very much at sea. I can't help reaching for these puns. I'm so yeah, sorry. No, it's important. He doesn't really acknowledge how grave. What his... an ocean of trouble. Thank you. It is. This is why we got you on your there bloody you see. That's all I've got. I'm leaving now. Available from your usual podcast supplier. Find us on Twitter at Always Their Pod. Somebody's nicked my bloody boat.
straightbigowl.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.